to another episode, episode 42 of the Views from the John podcast. I am your host, John Ares, and welcome back. I hope you're having a splendid week as we are about halfway through the summer, summer, summertime. Sit back and unwind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So this week's podcast mistake of the week, which occurred last week, you remember uh, last week, I was uh, lit up by my uh, couple followers about how I called uh, the podcast a forecast, and last week was no different. You guys had to write in to me and point out that I said in episode 41 last week that four times four was 12. Thank you. Thank you for making me look like a complete imbecile. I know 4 times 4 is 16, not 12, but you gotta understand, try going home tonight or this afternoon, set up a podcast uh, studio and a camera all by yourself and you try to be entertaining and uh, spit facts and try to do mathematical equations and see if you hit the nail on the head every time, you know what I'm saying? So uh, thank you for calling me out. I appreciate it. I've gone back to my multiplication tables, and uh, I promise you uh, the next time I do a mathematical calculation, I'll just, I'll pull out the calculator, all right? Because you can't lose when you pull out a calculator, right? All right. Something I've been wanting to talk about, because I just think it's hilarious. Uh, There is so much craziness going on right now in the United States of America and uh, you could literally cry about it and get all worried or complain or you could look at it and burst out laughing at how insane it is and that's what I'm choosing to do is look at it and laugh because we've gone way off the rails and um, you know over the last handful of weeks I've talked about some of the stuff that's gone way off the rails like the ultra PC wokeness you know, in you know, these ultra woke PC people sound more like uh, a Klansman than they do progressive. It's amazing to me that they can't see that. But anyways, that's not my point. My point is uh, the NBA snitch hotline. When I first heard this, I was like, you got to be kidding me. The NBA, if you haven't heard, has literally set up like an 800 number for NBA players to snitch on other NBA players who happen to um, do something out of the coronavirus NBA bubble protocol that they have in Orlando, Florida. So uh, I think it was James Harden or uh, somebody was just recently ratted out for not wearing a mask. But I just think that's fucking, is that going to end well? How old are we, dude? A snitch hotline? What is this, fourth grade? Mrs. Johnson, <laughs> a snitch hotline? For fuck's sake, can't you just go up to the dude and be like, bro, you're breaking fucking protocol. But no, we got to call up a hotline and be like, oh, LeBron James isn't wearing a mask. He didn't wash his hands after he peed. Fucking snitch. Evidently, nobody told these guys that snitches get stitches, right? But I was thinking to myself, we already have you know, people started bringing up to the fact that, man, we need a snitch line, right? We need a snitch line in Massachusetts, right? So while the Karens and Kens can call up and snitch on everybody doing shit. But I'm like, bro, slow down. There's already a snitch hotline outside of the NBA. You know what it's called? Fucking Twitter and social media. That is the American uh, snitch line, okay? Facebook, social media, Instagram. Pick your poison. That's how we snitch on each other. The amount of shit that gets talked while we're, you know, so tough behind our computer screens, right, is unbelievable. But I'd like to see people talk that level of shit to somebody to their face. But yeah, the NBA has their own 800 number so the players can snitch on each other. And uh, the rest of us who don't play in the NBA have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for we can snitch on our friends and neighbors and everybody that we don't like, right? It's perfect. Man. You know, all the stuff that we used to yell at each other for, like when we were in grade school about being a tattletale and a snitch and how bad that is. But yet here we are, grown adults in 2020, 
having to have a snitch hotline to snitch on another player who might break coronavirus protocol. Wow. Wow. Just wow. Okay. Uh, what's next? I got to tell you guys, um, I've talked about this before, and I, I cannot stand when I say that on this podcast. Is that annoying you yet? Every time I go to say something, I, I've talked about this before. My po- Like, you fucking know. Like, I'm Ricky Lake, right? Like, I got 50,000 listeners. Jesus Christ. I got to reel myself in here, okay? Um, anyways, people thought I was nuts before COVID, okay? Because I was already a germ freak. Um, before COVID hit, I literally would not touch anything public. And if I had to, it was, uh, I would literally touch it with, like, my shirt, uh, way before COVID hit, in the middle of summer, when there's not a lot of flus and colds going around, you will never see me touch anything public with my hands. If I go to open up a public doorknob, it's by using my pants, or I put like my hand inside my shirt. Um, if I shake somebody's hand, immediately I'm looking to wash them and uh, put some sanitizer on. Um, why? Because it all boils down to the fact that uh, surfaces and people are very fucking dirty. And that if I go and shake your hand or touch those surfaces, now I have all that bacteria and germs on me. And all it's going to take is one subconscious, you know, scratch of my eye. And now I just caught fucking Ebola or I just caught pink eye because the dude's hand I touched just took a shit and didn't wash his hands. This is a statistical fact, people, okay? 60% of people, 60% take any 10 random people off the street and six out of 10 of them do not wash their hands after they pee or poop, okay? Now, I don't wanna get too disgusting here, but you people know that sometimes when you go to wipe, you might get a little bit of shit on your fingers. It's just science. I don't mean to be gross, but it's just fact. And then you're not going to wash your hand and then shake somebody else's hand so now they have fecal matter on their fucking hand. You think I'm going to go eat with that or touch my hand or my face? Fuck no. So I was a complete germaphobe and steered clear of all these little hidden dangers before COVID hit. So now that COVID's hit, I think I've adjusted to it better than uh, most people, but that's just crazy that 60% of people do not wash their hands after going number one or number two. And I mean, like I said, I've just always been a germ freak. So the only difference that I've made uh, between pre-COVID and now COVID is just wearing a mask and gloves. I still wear gloves, even though sanitizers back in the hands, uh, back in the stores, I still wear gloves because I got several boxes of them. So why not, right? But uh, yeah, so I feel like I was pretty well prepared uh, to be stuck in the house for months at a time and to avoid contact with people and to really not go into public or touch anything because I was already that way before COVID. So I feel like I was more prepared to deal with this than other people. Uh, Just a true story, man, you know? Um, But yeah, and that's all I got to say about that. All right, moving on. Uh, All right. I have something embarrassing to admit, but I'm going to tell you how it happened, all right? So uh, you folks might know or might not know that I used to be engaged, and uh, I used to live right here in this uh, this house with my uh, ex-fiance, and uh, of course she was a woman, so she had a lot of womanly products around the house, and when she moved out, she didn't quite take everything with her. So I want to say maybe about a year ago, I was going through some shit in the kitchen, like in a junk drawer. Everyone's got that like drawer full of batteries and fucking, uh, you know, pens, you know, paper clips, weird shit like that, right? So I was going through that drawer and I found what looked like a, like a little block of wood that had sandpaper on either side of it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I ended up determining that it's, uh, I, I, think, I, I think women might call it an emery board or a beauty bar. It's, it's like literally uh, like a piece of wood like a little piece of wood that has sandpaper on it. And uh, I guess what women or 
hand to God, I don't know whether a pedicure or a manicure is for your hands or for your toes. I don't know the difference. I've never had one. But evidently, this, uh, this emery board, like I said, is like a piece of wood, and it's got like medium sandpaper on one side and fine sandpaper on the other. And you basically take your fingers and your nails, right? Like the tips of your fingers and your nails. And you basically treat the tip of your uh, fingernail or the, or the tip of your finger like it's a piece of wood. And you're taking a sandpaper to it and basically sanding it so it's smooth. And uh, this is what women do when they go to get manicures or pedicures or they do it at home. So I was bored during the COVID lockdown and uh, I came across this sandpaper tool that women use on their fingertips and i'm just sitting there bored watching tv i said fuck it why not i'm gonna start freaking you know i'm gonna start sandpapering uh my fingernails and uh my fingers to see what this is all about i knew nothing about it you know it's like not being a guitar player but you find a guitar in the ground you say yeah i'm gonna tinker around with this fucking thing and you know see what i can get out of it you know it's like john lennon said you give me a fucking tuber i'll get you something out of it so, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, since I've picked up the art form of, uh, of, of manicuring or pedicuring uh, my fingernails and the tips of my fingers, honest to God, I know this might sound like the gayest thing ever or the cheesiest thing ever, but whatever. I don't care what you think of me. All I know is that, uh, you know, I'm a man. I like to build stuff and be a carpenter. And this is literally like taking sandpaper to a piece of wood and then polishing it up. So you take this tool, which I don't have in front of me, but it literally looks like a friggin', you know, like a, like a stick that's just got sandpaper on it. And you just, you file your shit down. And you don't just file your nails down, but you actually make the tips of your fingers smooth. I don't know if the tips of your fingers are calloused like mine are from playing the guitar for so many years, but literally, since I've started using and practicing with this emery board, I just do it like a friggin' secretary, you know? While I'm watching TV or working, I'll just be working on my fucking fingers. And I've gotten so good at it that uh, I swear to God, even though I haven't shaken anyone's hands since uh, like the beginning of March because of the COVID lockdown, I, honest to God, 42 years old, I bet you I have one of the softest hands you'll ever feel in your entire life. And that's just because, um, I have good hygiene. I keep my nails trimmed. My hands are always washed, always using uh, uh, lotion because I don't want to get ashy. And uh, yeah, since I started using that emery board, man, my fingernails are perfectly shaped. There are no edges. There is no bumps. It's, it's nuts. And uh, it's, it's just no different. It was something to do with my hands. Uh, like a fidget spinner or something while you're watching TV or doing anything just to keep your hands busy. And while you're doing it, you're making yourself look better and making your hands super soft for the ladies. It's like a win-win. So yeah, that's just something crazy that I just picked up that's supposed to be for women, but who the fuck said it's supposed to be for what, you know, women? What, guys can't polish their nails anymore? What kind of shit is that, right? So anyways... It's no different. Uh, uh, something else I picked up during COVID for something to do with my hands while I'm trying to uh, fill my day up is, uh, you know, I love playing cards, poker, Texas Hold'em, five card draw, all that kind of shit. And uh, I, I wanted to get super speedy, like a Las Vegas type of uh, card dealer. I wanted to be able to shuffle that deck like through the air and just super quick. So, you know, I was never very quick or good with dealing cards or shuffling a deck. So I just sat here for months with the table in front of me and I would just practice all night shuffling cards. And after so many months, I could deal cards like a fucking Vegas dealer. You know what I'm saying? So, but the craziest thing is to me is that emery board thing. Most guys probably don't know what it is. I didn't know what it is. It just looked like a piece of sandpaper to me that I guess you're supposed to use on your fingertips and your nails. And once I started doing it, it's just amazing how much softer my hands are and how quick I am at it now. I could literally probably work in one of those, you know, New York City Chinese fucking boutiques, right? But anyways, so yeah, I have a new skill set. I learned how to uh, emery board my fingers or give myself a manicure or pedicure. I don't understand which is which. 
and I would ask Siri which is which, but I have my Wi-Fi turned off or else it fucks with the audio, which means it fucks with you, and when people fuck with you, I get angry. All right, so what's next? Um, you know what? I gotta say, I really gotta say that... Uh, You know, I wonder a lot and uh, I contemplate like it's the eighth wonder of the world how and why I happen to be single. Okay? I know I'm not the best looking guy in the world, right? I'm not Brad fucking Pitt. I'm not Zach Efron, right? Or whoever you ladies think are hot, right? You know, it's something that really, really bugs me out you know it's like uh you know my only dream from the time that i was a little boy was just to literally fall in love get married have the 2.2 kids the dog the cat the house the picket yard fence shit all i wanted to do was be a great husband and a father and raise a family that's all i wanted to do from a young age other people from a young age have aspirations to play center field for uh, the Red Sox or the Yankees. Maybe they want to be uh, the next quarterback of the Houston, Texas, or the next Patrick Mahomes. Or they want to be an actor, a comedian, a firefighter, a doctor, an astronaut. You know, those are all lofty, great goals to go after when you're a kid and want to, you know, figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. All I wanted to do with my life, and I would have been happy with anything else, the job, the amount of money I had, where we lived, I just wanted to fall in love, get married, and have a family, and be a great father and a great husband. And um, I've literally been denied that and fucked with my entire life, even though I think I'm a successful, educated, decent-looking dude that has a lot going for him. I've never cheated on a girl. I've never hit a girl. Um, I think I'm literally one of the world's best boyfriends. I think I'm that perfect combination of being a good, nice guy who's never going to hit you, who is always going to put you first, be your best friend, but at the same time not be like clingy and in your life, not allowing you to have your life and your friends. I literally think I'm the perfect balance. I've gone through so many relationships and stepped in so much shit when it comes to relationships that I literally feel like I'm an expert. And uh, for the last eight years, I've had, uh, I've had plenty of hookups, but just zero luck meeting any kind of woman that I would bring home to mom or even attempt to marry. And um, it really bothers me. I don't know why it is, you know? It's like I literally thought from the time I was a young boy that just everybody met somebody, that just everybody found their soulmate or somebody that they were compatible with. If you look at, like, I could probably name you a hundred people that I went to school with. I think there was like 154 people in my high school class that I graduated with. And I could probably name about a hundred of the men right now. And I'm willing to bet you probably about 95, 96 out of those hundred guys from my class, they're all married. Some of them got married at 20, 21. Some of them just got married a few years ago at age 40. But me, nothing. No kids, no girlfriend, no wife had a fiance once and uh, that went terribly wrong. I, I, I don't want to get into it. It's literally one of the most tragic stories of my life what happened with her. And um, that really fucked me up eight years ago. And I still don't know if I'll ever get over it or ever be able to really fully trust a woman again after what this, my ex did to me. But it just amazes me as I sit here and like, you know, I'm in shape, I'm good looking, I'm funny, I'm outgoing, I have a lot of money, I have a good job. I can literally pick up right now and move to LA, New York, Europe, anywhere I want to go and still keep my job. I, I just have so much going for me and so much to offer a lady, but yet it's just over and over and over again in my life. I just keep coming up fucking short, man. You know, it's like, have you ever seen those cartoons where they're dangling like a carrot just out of reach in front of a donkey to keep the donkey like moving forward? That's how I've always felt. I've like, I've always felt like life fucks with me. Life always likes to hangle, uh, life likes to 
dangle happiness right in front of my face and I reach for it, I reach for it, and it's just always out of my fucking reach. And then it gets like yanked away like it's being fucked with me. I literally feel like life has taunted me like my whole life. It's given me everything I've ever dreamed of and wished of and put it right in my face, just out of reach, stretching fucking so it hurts trying to get to it. And then like an invisible force would just yank it away and say, eh, eh, you ain't fucking getting that. And that's how I feel. So when people want to talk about how like all white people have all these fucking privileges and it's just like, you know what, in a sense we do, but in a sense we don't. Just because I'm white, I just crush everything. Just because I'm white, every fucking door has just opened up for me. You know, like I'm trying to be a stand-up comedian. And like what, like in a year from now, I'm going to be on the same level of a Louis C.K., a Chappelle or a Burr? Fuck no. It's going to take me 30 more years if I can even get halfway to their level. So it's like this whole idea that if you have white skin or that you're a man, woman, gay, straight, that just every door just automatically opens for you and just you are showered with gifts every day is the biggest hunk of bullshit ever. If you're good at what you do and you keep trying and persevering, no matter what color your skin is, no matter what's between your legs, no matter what your sexuality is, you're going to get there. Don't make the excuse that I can't get anywhere in life because my skin pigmentation is dark or light. I can't stand when people fucking do that, man. Life has thrown me nothing but bullshit. But yet, have I blamed any of it on life or my skin color or where I was raised or any of it? No, it's just life. Mother Nature, Father Time, and life will reach out and fuck with you anytime it wants. Doesn't give a shit how you feel, what your skin color is, none of it. So everybody that's hung up on that needs to back the fuck off. It's an excuse. And that's just me keeping it real. That's how I think. That's how I feel. You want to look at me and call me fucking racist for having that kind of opinion? Go for it. You're the fucking problem, not me. All right? I'm tired of these people fucking using excuses. Oh, I can't get ahead in life because my skin is light or my skin is dark or I can't get ahead in life because I'm LGBTQ. Quit using that shit as a fucking excuse and take responsibility for your own actions. Maybe you didn't get ahead in life or didn't get that job because you weren't the most qualified. Maybe it had absolutely nothing to do with your skin or your clothing or your sexuality. Too much, too much. We are putting people in different groups, segregating each other and making excuses why shit doesn't work out in a life. I could go ahead and blame every woman in my life for why I'm not married, but you don't think that I put a lot of the blame on myself? I do. I do. Granted, after 42 years of dating, I've gotten pretty good at it, but just now that I'm good at it, I can't get any plan time. But, you know, there's been plenty of relationships that I've lost that I could have blamed on anybody. Her, my skin color, whatever. But in the the reality of it, it's me. It was my fucking fault. You have to have the ability to turn that mirror back around on yourself and be able to think outside the box. There's always more than one answer to a question, right? And uh, that's just how it is. But I just, I look at how long I've been single and I see some other just awful terrible men out there who are ugly who beat up their wives and their wives are gorgeous and I just think to myself man I would never ever lay a hand on a woman I would treat my woman like a queen like she deserves to be treated like and then you got men out there that have women that I would die for that treat them like shit and the women don't leave or do nothing and I look at that and it drives me crazy and I'm just like why not me I'm not asking for a Lamborghini. I'm not asking for $10 billion. I'm not asking for anything but other than to get married and have kids. That's all I wanted. And I just thought that was automatic for the people. It just happened to everybody. But yet it's not happened to me. And I want it to happen real bad. So if you are at home right now or wherever you are and you're thinking your life sucks but you have a loving wife and some kids, imagine never being able to have that. That's me. And I look at myself and I don't see any reason why I don't have it. 
Do I smell bad? Am I that fucking ugly? Like, what the fuck is my problem? I, I just don't know. And I just think it's literally life taunting me. I really do. But again, it's also my fault too. Okay, so that's how I'm single. All right, um, I had a couple of uh, one-liners this week that I said in some conversations that I thought were fucking hilarious that I just wanted to kind of... Um, well, actually, I didn't say this. My buddy, uh, I'll use his initials. His initials are KK. KK said this the other night, and I thought it was fucking hilarious. When I read this in his text message, I literally bursted out laughing. But uh, he said something like, we all know that cloth masks. He said, for all we know, cloth masks may stop the virus as well as genes stop a fart. <laughs> But that's so true. That's so true. Um, obviously, uh, if you were to compare your underwear to a cloth mask, and when you have a fart or a shart, yes, the underwear captures a lot of the uh, substance, but some of the uh, chemicals and other stuff go through the underwear and through your jeans, and people can smell it. And, uh, you know, obviously when you're smelling something in the air, it's not invisible. It's an actual particle that's sticking to the air particles in the air. So even when you fart, you're wearing underwear, which is a mask type of covering, is it not? And you're wearing pants, but yet the fart leaks through. So I just thought that was the perfect and funniest um, observation for how cloth masks might not work as well as N95s or surgical masks because it's literally no different than if you're trying to put a mask up to your asshole. You know, your underwear and your jeans are like wearing two masks, but when you fart, the smell still leaks through, right? So can't the virus still leak through your mask if it's not an N95? I don't know. But I just thought that was the perfect fucking analogy to compare a cloth mask on your face to just wearing like a cloth loincloth and having a fart go through. So Keith, that was fucking hilarious, dude. Um, and this is something I said to a bunch of people yesterday through a uh, text thread when I was talking about um, a lady that I used to be uh, with and uh we were we were we were pregnant well she was pregnant but i was supposed to be the father i thought i was the father and then i found out in the middle of the very first ultrasound that i wasn't the father because if you've ever had an ultrasound when you find out you're pregnant the ultrasound technician or the doctor or whatever will pretty much be able to pinpoint within like three or four days exactly when conception took place. So when this doctor did that in the middle of this uh, ultrasound, I knew that her and I were not together that week, that she had gone down to Pennsylvania to see her mother and bumped into her ex-boyfriend. They fucked once. He got her pregnant. She knew this, didn't tell me about it, said I was the father which made sense because we were sexually active. And can you believe this? She goes and gets pregnant by another man, comes back to me, says it's mine, all the while knowing that it's not my fucking kid. When was she going to tell me? What if we actually had the kid? Was I going to find out when the kid's 10 years old that it's not actually mine? You know, you know how bad that would have fucked with me? So I literally find out right in the middle of the ultrasound based on the conception date that the doctor gave that this is not my kid. And that was one of the most horrible fucking moments of my life. And I was kind of telling that story yesterday in a text thread. And basically my words verbatim to kind of cap off the story with a fucked up but kind of funny punchline was, uh, you know, I thought I was going to be a dad once, but it turns out I wasn't the father. But she ended up having a miscarriage, though, so it all ended up working out. <laughs> Isn't that terrible, though? A girl goes and cheats on me and tries to trick me into telling me I'm the father. And then I find out I'm not the father, and I'm devastated. And then three or four months later, she miscarries. And uh, in a really fucked up, dark way, I kind of felt like that was like evening the playing field. If you're gonna go and do something that fucked up to me and my heart when that's what I've wanted since I've been a kid as a family and a wife, 
and then you rip that away from me by telling that you fucked another man. It, it, it was satisfying to know that she had a miscarriage. Sorry. I know that's dark and fucked up, but try to put yourself in my shoes for a minute. And another thing I don't have written down here, you know, I have a lot of text threads with a lot of different people, and although I try to be funny and goofy and laugh as opposed to letting the state of the country make me all sad and depressed and angry and cry, right? I'm not going to fucking do that. I'm going to laugh at it. And, um, but I also try to, uh, I, I, I really try to be positive. I like positive people. I like positive energy. Positive thinking brings about positive results. I don't like negative people. Um, I grew up around some very negative people. Uh, so I really hate negativity. And, I, uh, and I'm always trying to be positive and I'm trying to give people who are struggling uh, positive messages. And uh, throughout my life, I've always tried to use analogies to help people understand what I'm thinking. And um, what I said was, uh, how am I? Oh, um, don't you love this? I was right in the middle of going through and setting up a bit. And as I'm doing that, my fucking train of thought just literally like somebody pulled out a plug out of a socket. Um, what was my fucking point about what I was talking about? Oh, the positivity stuff. Um, yeah, I, I like to think positively and all that stuff, but what did I say that was positive to somebody? Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, okay, I just remembered, okay. Uh, at the top of the stairs of my childhood home, right when you got to the top of the stairs, and I must have seen this 10 million times growing up. I don't know how many times I walked up and down the, the stairs of my childhood home. But at the very top of the stairs, you couldn't miss it, was a painting of um, some kind of Indian prayer. And, it, and there was an American Indian staying, uh, standing like in a field, and it had this beautiful saying that I literally looked at 10 million times growing up. And it's a beautiful uh, American Indian prayer and saying that I think people can really live their life by, okay? Listen to this and tr truly try to understand it. This is exactly what was written on that painting in my childhood home that I literally had to look at every time I went up and down the stairs. And it said, great spirit, grant that I may not criticize my neighbor until I have walked a mile in his moccasins. You guys understand that? It's an Indian prayer. And the Indian was saying, Great Indian spirit, grant that I may not criticize my neighbor until I have walked a mile in his moccasins. Do you guys understand what that means? It's basically saying, I am not going to criticize or judge anybody until I have had the ability to walk a mile in their shoes which is literally impossible. You can try to put yourself in that person's shoes to try to get an understanding of where they're coming from, but nobody will ever be able to know what it's like to see and view and process the world through John Ares's eyes. Just like whoever you are, nobody will ever know or understand exactly how you see the world unless they were physically able to see and process the world through your eyes. And I feel that every human being on this planet, we're all unique. We all have different fingerprints. There are no two fingerprints alike. And I believe that there are no two people in America or the world for that matter that see the world exactly like somebody else does. So in one person's reality, they might truly, truly feel with all of their heart that police officers are really out there to murder black people. And that's something that we need to understand. We can't get upset at each other. You know, I think one of the, mo one of the biggest um, attributes to have as a human being is being empathetic, patience, understanding, being able to still love and respect your friends or neighbors, even if you vehemently disagree on politics or religion or any of that stuff. We have to stop judging each other, okay? I am not gonna judge you based on the way you voted, 
whether you support Black Lives Matter organization or movement or don't, whether you understand what the organization is about or don't, I'm not going to judge you. I cannot live or walk or see the world or know what you've been through. And it could be hell. So why are we so quick to judge other people, man? You might look at me and think you know me because you've watched 42 episodes of this podcast, but you don't know sometimes how hard it is to be me, just like I don't know sometimes how hard it is to live your life. And if we could just keep that in our minds all the time, that, we're, that, there's, that the majority of this world in this country are all good people, all wanting the same thing. And it's important that if we're ever going to get on the same page and come together as one unit and all move forward to be a part of the solution, we have to have an open, calm dialogue. And to be able to do that, it's extremely important to understand that as much as other people's thinking or uh, thoughts or actions don't make sense to you, you have to understand that you'll never understand what it's like to see the world through their eyes. You just won't. You can try to be empathetic and put themselves or put yourself in their shoes. But until that you've seen the world through my eyes and had my head and know what I've lived through, you got no idea about me and you got no idea about anybody else. You might see the most successful looking guy that seems happy and like he has it all, but it could be a complete facade. That person, for all you know, could have had one of the roughest lives ever. They just put on this persona and this look like nothing ever bothers them. But we're all human, man. We're all human. We all make mistakes. All of our shit stink. Our breath stinks in the morning. We all eat, we all drink, we all poop, we all sneeze, we all make mistakes, we get happy, we get sad. We're all human beings. That's what we need to grasp onto. We're all human beings. I don't know why we have to make a separate club and a separate group for people who are gay, for people who are transsexual, for people who are straight, for people who are white, for people who are black, for people who are Jewish, for people who are left, right, red ties, blue ties. Man, I don't get it. And that's, and, and I keep saying this every podcast, but that's what frustrates me the most about the state of this country like, right now is I think we look super fucking weak to the rest of the world. I don't understand why it's so hard for people just to do what the CDC asks and wear a mask. Not me, I'm fucking American. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And if I don't want to wear a mask, I ain't wearing a fucking mask. You know, meanwhile, people's grandparents are dying because you don't want to wear a fucking mask. You know, you know, you know, uh, George Floyd, everybody, 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 everybody. It doesn't matter. Even the fucking people from the Ku Klux Klan probably think what Chauvin did to uh, George Floyd was wrong. Nobody disagrees with that. But this push to get rid of police and defund them is already having a major impact in our cities. And for anybody that truly supports um, this Antifa and NFAC and Black Lives Matter movement, you don't get it. Of course, Black Lives Matter. If that's all you think the organization is about is saying that black people's lives matter, well, of course they do. Ask me, do I think black people's lives matter? Fucking of course they do. Everybody's life matters. Is there a police brutality problem against all races? Yes, there is. Does there need to be some kind of reform in the judicial and policing system? Absolutely. But defunding them and getting rid of all police officers? It's already started to happen. And look at the crime rates and the murders and the innocent people being killed as a result. This is what you're pushing. You think it's going to be this like utopia where we have no law enforcement and just there's no crime? It ain't going to happen. If you defund the police and every police officer like walks off the job, you're going to have U.S. troops armed with actual assault rifles, fully automatic, roaming around your small town USA. That's what it will turn into. And then we'll have a federalized police force which is the last thing you want. Every police department in every city, county, or town across this country is its own little unit. But if you had a federal police 
that had one captain for the entire country, that police department could literally turn into an army and turn on us. You guys have no idea what you're pushing. Do I support Black Lives Matter? Yes. What happened to Breonna Taylor? Wrong. What happened to George Floyd? Wrong. The cops need to go down for it. Are there fucking racist cops out there? Yes. But defunding and getting rid of them is not the answer. You're asking for something worse than what we have now. And it's creating division among the country when we need to come together. And that's all I'm trying to say. Of course black lives fucking matters. Of course they fucking do. But I don't support the organization's movement, because if you read everything they're trying to do, they're trying to get rid of police. I don't understand the rationale of thinking of get ridding every police department in the country. What are you going to do when there's no police anywhere in this country? How are you going to survive? Who are you going to call when somebody breaks into your house? It's not, it's, it's, it's never going to happen. The police are never, ever, ever ever going to go away, ever. It's not going to happen. So just stop because the protesting you continue to do continues to get people of color killed for no reason other than you protesting. And it's getting to the point where you can see where it's driving me fucking crazy. And I know goddamn well there's going to be people out there that see me saying that I don't support the Black Lives Matter movement and you're instantly going to think, oh my God, he's fucking racist. Fuck you, I'm racist. I don't have a racist fucking bone in my body. But I can sit here and tell you straight to your fucking face that I do not support the Black Lives Matter movement. Do you understand the difference? I have a lot of black friends. One of my best friends that I've had for 30 years is a black man. Okay? don't have a racist fucking bone in my body. I grew up in the most liberal fucking city in this country. Okay? Never been racist in my entire life. Of course I believe that black people's lives matter. Black people are just as important to me as white people are. Okay? But I don't think this is a black issue. Why do we have to make it black lives matter? When it's people from all the races that are being beat up by some idiot cops. I want to see police reform. I want to see racism go away. So I do agree and support some of the stuff that the Black Lives Matter organization is pushing. But do I support the dismantling, the disfunding, the appropriation of funds and getting rid of all police officers? Absolutely fucking not. And because of the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests, a lot of innocent people are dying and it's causing people in this country to be driven apart and make us weaker when that's not what we need. So if the organization had a different uh, approach and wanted to include all races and um, wanted to go about making change across all police departments without getting rid of them, I would support you. You understand the difference here? There's too many people in this world right now that are too fucking afraid to say that they do not support the Black Lives Matter movement because they feel they're going to get canceled or beat up. But if you are a black person or a white person, whatever you are, and you're watching me and you don't understand the difference between me saying that I don't support the movement and between saying that I support black lives, then you're completely insane and I don't even want to associate with you if you can't understand the fucking distinction. I agree what happened to George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, fucked up, no excuse for it. Cops, a lot of them out there are, have double standards, they are racist, they need to be dealt with, there needs to be police reform. I just don't think that defunding or taking money away from the police or getting rid of them is going to make this country better. It's going to make it worse. I have an analytical mind. I'm always thinking a year down the road. And the way things are right now, it ain't going to end up good. It ain't. I don't know why we have to politicize Black Lives Matter or politicize uh, the coronavirus. I don't get it. You know, I really thought this country had a chance to come together when everybody across the country was affected by coronavirus. It didn't matter what gender, what sexuality, what color, how rich you were, how poor you were, where you lived. Everybody was scared. Everybody was locked down. 
everybody had to face their own mortality for the first time in their lives. That was a great time for us to come together. But then a month later, people got all pissed off. Oh, you can't keep me in the fucking house. I ain't wearing a mask. I don't give a shit if I get people sick. And then here we go. That's just, just like Americans, right? You got the majority of us that are willing to shelter in place and do what's best for the rest of the country. And then you got the other 10% that are like, fuck you, I ain't doing that shit. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. It's just like, man. And the problem is, is those 10% that always want to complain, buck the system, not wear masks, protest, complain, immediately jump to that person's racism, uh, that person's racist, that person's sexist because they looked at me wrong. These 10% of the people, they've always existed. They existed in the 1600s, the 1700s, the 1800s, the 1900s. They existed in the, in the year 2000. The only problem of why they've gotten so loud in the last four or five years is because we've given them a microphone, we've given them a platform, and, we, and we're listening to them. When 20 years ago, 100 years ago, anybody that wanted to buck the system like people are doing, they would have been ignored, locked up, and put into mental institutions and ignored. But we've given everybody a platform. Um, and I'd seriously like to know what percentage of America understands beyond the wording Black Lives Matter, what the organization is actually about. It's not just about holding police officers accountable for police brutality against African Americans. It goes way deeper than that, but I think that's all people hear is they think Black Lives Matter. Well, yeah, Black Lives do matter, so I'm going to put a sign in my yard saying, yes, I think Black Lives Matter. But if you look at what the organization is trying to accomplish, they're literally trying to get rid of all police officers in this country so we have no security. And uh, I don't want to live in a world like that. If you, you really want to see what a world looks like without police, look at the, look at the chop of the Chaz Zone in Seattle. They didn't have police uh, or anything for like uh, however many weeks that they had that area. Rapes, murders, killings. They couldn't feed themselves. They couldn't close themselves. If that's a perfect uh, precursor for what you guys are pushing for, all of the country is going to turn into chop and jazz. Nobody able to get food. Everybody getting raped, shot at. Nobody to come protect you. Nothing. That's what you're pushing. Wake the fuck up. Uh, but I'm not worried because uh, I don't care how loud you guys scream and kick and push and say wanted to fund the fucking police. It ain't going to fucking happen. Not on my watch. Not on 90% of America's watch. Police departments, police officers ain't going anywhere. And if you are a police officer, I support you. But if you're obviously a chauvin type officer that likes to go and get drunk and then the next night you go and arrest somebody for being drunk or the next night you go and beat up on a black man... Fuck you. You need to go down, okay? There's good and bad people that are bus drivers, doctors, uh, you know, baseball players, athletes. There's good and bad people of every gender, of every race. There's ignorant people of every race, every gender. You know, it's no different. We're fucking human beings. And to tie into that, okay, I really had a thought about this. I was telling you guys a few minutes ago that something I've always done a lot throughout my life to try to get my point across because I always wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm very highly opinionated. And something I've always done to try to help get my point across is to uh, use analogies. And uh, I came up with a couple analogies last night to describe um, just the craziness that came out of George Floyd. Everybody agrees that uh, what happened to George Floyd was fucked up and that the cops need to burn. Everybody. I have not seen or heard one person in America say that what happened to George Floyd was like textbook procedure and that there was nothing wrong with it. Everybody agreed it was fucked up. But where people are disagreeing is the fact that this is happening to white and black people. And it's happening to white people three times as much as black people. But why aren't white people standing up and saying we need to do something about the police? They are, but under the Black Lives Matter pretense. And it's amazing. There was, a, um, there was a young mother that was shot and killed because she said that all lives matter. Do you guys know that? A young mother is dead. Kids aren't going to grow up with a mom now. All because she said that all lives matter. 
Think about that for just one second, please. An innocent mother is now dead because she had the opinion that everybody's life mattered, not just black people's, and she's now dead. But just listen to this a minute. What if America reacted to school shootings like we reacted to George Floyd? Would we be calling to defund teachers and close down schools? Think about that for a minute. It's literally no different. And if you think that's crazy, what you're trying to do with the police is just as crazy. George Floyd happened. It was one or three or four officers. It's happened uh, a couple more times over the years. Yeah, police officers fuck up and there's some bad ones out there. We need to weed those people out and weed them out quick. I agree, but defunding every police department and, get, and getting rid of every officer because like 0.5% of the entire police population might not be fit for the job. It doesn't make sense, dude. Like if I had an eight cylinder motor that I'm working on and uh, two of the spark plugs don't work, am I going to get a whole new motor or junk the car or am I just going to replace the two spark plugs that are fucked up? Think about it. So the same way that America is doing this giant overcorrection because of George Floyd, um, why don't we have that same reaction to school shootings? When there's a school shooting, why aren't people protesting and saying to defund the, the teachers, to defund the gun manufacturers, to close down schools? You don't hear any of that shit. Why? Because it's ridiculous. Just like trying to get rid of all police across the entire country because a couple of them are fucked up. It makes no sense. Think about the amount of medical malpractice. Do you know how many tens of thousands of patients die every year because of doctor fuck-ups or neglect? I think it's, I don't, I can't remember how many people a day die directly because a doctor fucked them up whether they killed him in surgery or what. That's why doctors pay through the nose for medical malpractice insurance. So think about it. Do you ever think that there's been a white doctor that may have negligently or accidentally killed a black man maybe uh, during surgery? Or maybe a black doctor killed a black man or maybe a uh, female white doctor killed a, uh, a white patient? It doesn't matter. People killing people. It's been happening for thousands of years. It will continue to happen for thousands of years. Doctors accidentally kill people, and maybe sometimes they purposely kill people. But when it happens, why aren't we protesting in trying to defund doctors and close down every hospital? Because that's ridiculous, John. You're right, it is ridiculous. So look at what you're doing with the police. There's a handful of bad fucking cops out there. But rather than dealing with those cops, we just want to completely kiss every fucking cop in the country. That makes no sense to me. When there's a school shooting, let's defund the teachers and close down every school so there's no more schools for kids. If a doctor kills a patient, let's defund the doctors and close down every hospital rather than dealing with that one doctor. Does any of that make sense to you? It doesn't to me, but it just goes to show what you guys are doing is the wrong way. By protesting and being angry and being violent, just, I, I, I explained this on last week's podcast. If me and you have a big disagreement on something and we walk into a room to settle it and I instantly come at you aggressive and start doing this to you, what are you going to do? You're going to start doing this to me and you're going to get defensive and now we're going to fight. It's going to go nowhere. So when you're protesting and you're protesting angrily and it's getting violent, do you think that's going to bring about any change? No. The only change you're bringing about with these Antifa and Black Lives Matter protests is you're fucking you're pushing America back into the 1950s. You're causing segregation, separation. You're making the country look weak and you're pushing for something that is never going to happen. There are hundreds of millions of Americans that would take up their own arms and fight to keep the police before it'll ever happen. So stop it. You're never, ever, ever, ever going to defund the police or take police departments away. So just quit it. It ain't gonna happen. 
It's just as foolish as trying to shut down schools and defund teachers for a school shooting. Or when a doctor kills a patient, defund every doctor and close down every hospital. It's no fucking different. And if you want to try to tell me different, you know where to find me. I'm all over social media. You can comment on my fucking video. I'm willing to hear your side of the story. I've done my research. And the way I'm thinking about this doesn't come from a political place or a racist place. It's just common sense. If you were to place down um, a round uh, hole in front of me and then you were to hand, uh, hand me a round peg and a square peg, I would look at it from a common sense logic and be like, okay, the round peg needs to fit through the round hole. The square one ain't going to work at it. When I look at the George Floyd thing, Antifa, NFAC, Black Lives Matter, and I studied it, which I have to no end, okay? I don't think the most of, I don't, I don't think the majority of Americans have. The majority of Americans literally think of Black Lives Matter is just that statement. They put a Black Lives Matter sign in their yard because they feel like Black Lives Matter. Well, so do I. Is there a person in this country besides for maybe the head of the KKK that doesn't think that black people's lives matter? Everybody does. But it's more than just a saying, people. It's a movement to get reparations out of you and to take away every police department across this country. So we have no police. That's what the movement is for. So when you put up a Black Lives Matter sign in your yard or on your car or Antifa on your car or a black flag on your uh, social media page or black, wherever you're writing Black Lives Matter, just understand what you know. Just understand what you're putting. When you say that you support Black Lives Matter, you're not just saying that you care about black people's lives. Everybody does. What you're saying is that you support the defunding and the complete eradication of police in this country, which I am vehemently against. Do I think black people's lives matter? How many fucking times do I say it? Of course I do. I just see the bigger picture, and I don't know why it's so hard for the other 10% of this country to, to, to see it through a... Uh, unbiased lens. I, it, it'll never make sense to me. All right. Um, really quick, really quick. Uh, we've already spent a little bit too much time shitting. So I'm just going to give you a couple more uh, quick, uh, funny little fucking things here. Um, this is a true quick story that I remembered last night that I thought was hilarious. But uh, a couple of friends of mine from many years ago, this is the mid to late 90s, um, uh, Brian and John, two guys from Boston, moved moved out to the western half of Massachusetts, where I'm from, and uh, got an apartment together. And uh, you know, we met through the music scene, and I became friends with them. And uh, something these guys would do, and it was just, it was insane. This was way before you know comedy sketches and that kind of shit. But these guys were fucking so funny and so inventive. And what they would do is they had a camcorder that they would place on the very top of their toilet. And every time they were finished taking a shit, they would turn on the camcorder and they would film the bowl and they would comment on their shit. So after like four months, they just had hours worth of material that they were going to edit together and call it shit the movie. <laughs> and I was thinking about that last night. And I was just like, oh my God, like, that was like 95. That was 25 years ago that we were thinking of that kind of shit, doing that kind of stuff. And I just think that's friggin' hilarious. Uh, what else? I think that's about all I have for today. I hope you guys are having an amazing summer. I really have to take a pee very badly, and I don't feel like pausing the podcast because then that becomes a pain in the ass editing it. So I hope you had fun listening to my shit talk today. I hope you're having a great summer, and we will talk to you guys next week. Love you. Bye.